everybody, and welcome to Half the Brain, the podcast that has half the brain that you do and half the facts that you do. Uh, as always, I'm joined by my tag team partner in this crazy mission through wrestling, uh, Mr. Ferry Tonk, Mr. Niall. How are we doing? Love you, all right? Good evening. Yes, I am dandy. How are you? I'm very good, sir. I'm very good. Um, but a good month of, of watching wrestling, to be fair. It's been quite good. I've been keeping up with uh, AEW and uh, all the goings on there. So I've uh, been enjoying that. So have you been watching anything this month? Uh, just for the window. Oh, the, uh, yeah. What do you think? Um, I was intrigued by like some of the um, secret special guests. Um, and I wasn't disappointed. My boy, uh, Naito. Uh, but that main event. Whew. Ooh, that was a little bit tasty. <laughs> what the uh, the um, Omega and Osprey? No, um, Debray. Oh, Brian and um, Kusa- um, Okada. Yes. Ah, yes. No, I enjoyed Omega and uh, and and uh, Osprey a bit more than than that one. To be fair, but I, I enjoyed them both very much. So, so there you go. So now, do you want to introduce who we've got on this month? Yeah, we've got uh, um, another tag team joining us. We've got uh, Vitamin J, uh, a previous guest, and debuting on the roster for the first time is Filthy Rich, Dickie Allen from Beef Air. The, the Poet Laureate of Half the Brain. Yes, <laughs> our very own Lanny Poffo. How do you, gentlemen? You all right? Yeah, you're good. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Uh, I'm not as flexible or a- able to leap as well as Lenny Poffo, so <laughs> I feel like a lot of that's unwarranted. Not with that attitude. <laughs> well, this is it, isn't it? What What have you been watching this month, Rich? Have you been Have you been enjoying anything this month? Um, only really fucking old stuff. Well, that's you know that's that's still wrestling, mate. What have you been watching? Uh, a lot of seventies uh, rollerball, Rocco, nice, uh, Endo Nagasaki, nice, uh, Batch, proper British graps, bit of Johnny Sane, yeah, all that good stuff. I'm, I've been, been on a bit of a Brit rest tinge. I've been on a bit of a Les Kellett kick this week, uh, watching a bit of old Les Kellett stuff. Le- him versus Leon Harris is still one of my favourite matches of all time. Um, but uh, apparently a bit, a bit of a, a bit of a meanie backstage, bit of a, yeah. bit of a, <laughs> a an evil bastard. <laughs> what about you, Jordan? Have you been, what have you been doing, mate? What have you been uh, watching? Keeping tabs on AEW, the return of CM Punk, um, Collision. Trying to see the countdown on when that's going to implode. <laughs> um. And uh, for the topic today, I've been watching a lot of old uh, ECW shows. I've uh, been watching the TV, uh, Hardcore TV and ECW on TNN, uh, getting reacquainted with that. Um, mm. And yeah, that's that's been pretty much it. But mo- mostly, as, us- as usual, like I said last time, AEW and not much WWE apart from Bloodline stuff. Because <laughs> it's the only thing that's remotely interesting, apart from Dom and Rhea, that, that's quite interesting. Dom um, Mysterio being a convict or something. Yeah, I think Dominic Mysterio, Dom Mysterio is is sort of like taking a lot of the limelight at the minute, which I quite like because uh, they seem to be doing nothing with uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn since they've won those championships, which oh, yeah. is uh, 
<laughs> well done yeah. on that, boys. Wasted in WWE. Wasted. <laughs> but yeah, there we go. So then, uh, there you have that. And then, uh, yes, yeah, so Dom and, uh, and um, Rhea Ripley as well. Yeah, she's doing uh, the, the old Judgment Day scene, things to be priest won the money in the bank didn't he and seeing yep. a pro- seeing a promise to wrestlemania that'll never happen we got that uh for <laughs> this one for the money in the bank That's, if you uh, see Vince been man backstage going are you fucking kidding me <laughs> what's he saying out there why no well no to be fair i can see him saying that it's just just say you're politicking for a wrestlemania off you pop you could say that and then we'll have triple h say nah there's no chance in the paper in the press conference later on and uh but no one will talk about that everyone will get excited and then we'll sell out another pay-per-view next year that's their that's their aim like you know so. speaking of Rhea, um i rewatched the may young classic the other week oh yeah like it was her first ever like match in well, NXT, I guess it was at the time. Yeah. And the transformation in those few years has just been fucking remarkable. <laughs> it's like a sweet, long, blonde-haired, like, Aussie girl, you know, like, party, party, party. And now she's like some goth bitch death queen. She's uh, Scott Steiner herself. She's emo Scott Steiner, almost. <laughs> it's, uh... There were a load yeah. of um, marks outside one of the uh, hotels in Sheffield, as, as I was walking home the other day, because WWE must have been doing a house show in Sheffield, mm. and everybody was there for Rhea Ripley. They all had Rhea Ripley signs, merch. You know. She is over as fuck. <laughs> yeah, my mate won uh, VIP tickets, four VIP tickets to that. And he went and took his family like a twat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, we worked together for seven years. I mean, Come where's on. the point thing? You're going to be married to your missus for three. That is not good brothering. That's not. That's a heel turn if ever I've seen one. Ain't it? (laughs) That could be classed as extreme. And on that note, let's start talking about (laughs) our topic this month, folks. We're going to go back and we're going to go and have a look at the old land of extreme, uh, ECW. And we're going to have a bit of a chat about our likes and our dislikes and the legacy of that company and just a general chitter chitter about um the, the company as a whole. Um started in nineteen eighty-nine, which I, I was when I was I do did a bit of research, I did a bit of a timeline. So let's go through the timeline first. So it started in eighty nine as Eastern Championship Wrestling. It was part of the uh NWA. Uh Todd Gordon took control in ninety two and uh made Eddie Gilbert the booker. And uh, in uh, August of 94, sorry, September 93, Paul Heyman becomes Booker because Eddie Gilbert falls out with Todd Gordon. And then in August 94, the infamous Shane Douglas promo happens after he wins a tournament for the NWA Championship against Two Cold Scorpio. And uh, they become extreme championship wrestling. Um Few year, uh, 95, I think it is all, yeah, 95, 96. Uh, Paul Heyman actually get gets full control of the company off Todd Gordon, and uh, yeah, they go full tilt into the land of the extreme. But uh, really, from there, 95 to like 98, 99 is the pure peak. Uh, yeah. it, it, it starts to ramp up really in 95, and by the end of 1995, they're sort of cooking on gas with everything that they sort of start to do and from 96 to 99 is just some of the best 
storylines, characters, wrestling, that uh, and and difference. They made a lot of difference, I think, um, to the to the land of wrestling uh, as a whole. You know, like with the music and the sort of way that characters licensed music. Oh, well, some of it was though. <laughs> some of it was licensed. They had a, a contract with uh, Tommy Boy Records to, yeah. you know, use some stuff. Um, but I think that came with uh, Too Cold Scorpio. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's, you know, they changed a lot of stuff like music-wise and, and promo-wise. And then, because you think, what? so 94, right? What mania is, which mania is that year? Is that 10 or is that 11? It's 10. It's 10, yeah. So you've got Crush for, crush versus Macho Man as the... There's the false count anywhere match like from that mania. And that's like the most extreme match we'd ever seen in the WWE at that time. <laughs> if you think about it. And then um when is it out? Oh, oh so you got two years then till like Razor Ramon versus Shawn Michaels, really, or something like that, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, for the ladder match and stuff. And then I mean, it's years until you see blood properly on WWE TV and stuff like that. So it it took a long time for it to to bleed through, but they, they started to steal bleed, things. Bleed through. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> but they did steal a lot of things. I mean, there was the invasion in 97 on Raw. That's like when I first sort of heard about them. But I was going to ask everyone that. How did you guys all discover ECW? My, well, I, I, the first time I ever heard anything of them was that invasion on Raw in 97. And then later on, you just started hearing about like Taz, Sabu, you've got to watch this guy called Sabu. You've got to watch this guy called Taz. This guy, Rob Van Damme's amazing. Stuff like that. And then uh, I remember a lad at school, a lad of tape, as as, as always. <laughs> <laughs> so I learned that. And, uh, oh, this is where Cactus Jack's gone. I remember him from WCW. Uh, and, then, and then it was on, I think it was on, like, Granada Men and Motors, did that turn into TNT back in the day? Fucking oh, hell, yeah. On a Friday night, I remember, um, like, you could watch Raw on um, Sky Sports 3, and then you could, like, turn over to TNT or Granada Men and Motors, and it was um, Nitro. And then if you stayed up late enough, I think, to, like, 1 o'clock, ECW started. Uh, and to, they used to have it on Bravo as well. Bravo, that was it. That's that Bravo, most. yeah. Bravo, yeah, that was it. Yeah, 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 yeah. At first, when it came on, so I remember seeing ECW on telly in, over yeah. here in about 98 when, and I, it was yeah. always hardcore TV and it was always haphazard. So it wouldn't necessarily be in order. And no. sometimes it wasn't even like, it would be a one week and then not the next. Because yeah. I remember I, that, yeah. As we all find out, like from ECW, they were incredibly unreliable. <laughs> but my thing was like, I um obviously watched the same raw that i guess all of us saw to get our peak our interest in it but then i'd go on the uh on the internet on the computer labs at school and found ecw's website and on there you'd have uh all the tapes that you could buy and they'd have descriptions of all the matches and then little descriptions on there i always remember this one it was taz versus sabu at the ecw arena all weapons illegal and then in big bold letters apart from guns and knives <laughs> i never thought uh, you know what i mean like and you, your head's going oh, I, I, duke the dumpster drosy's on telly <laughs> and he's like, oh, like 
any weapon, just not a knife or a gun, yeah? It, the And the, the ECW arena on that as well. I I don't know about you guys, but did you have like a, a picture in your mind of what you thought the ECW arena looked like? Yeah. Because I, I did, and it definitely wasn't. You know, <laughs> yeah, there was, when you actually sat down and watched it, it was a lot different than what you actually thought it was. Mm. Yeah. It's like... Uh, YouTube sort of uh, dispelled the myth about Gilman Street being like this amazing place, really. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, but uh, um, I think, uh, yeah, when you, you sort of build up a lot, but you got to remember it was like 98, 97, and, and around that time, people are getting in, you know, getting into it. And they got a video game, I remember, on the 64 around that time as well. Was it 99, that maybe? It was on, it might have been on the N64. I know it was on the PlayStation because I used to have that and it, Hardcore Revolution and then I had Anarchy Rules as well, which was basically just Warzone reskinned or Attitude yeah, reskinned. Exactly. It was like the same game. Yeah. yeah that, <laughs> that was actually my introduction to ECW was Hardcore Revolution. Bloody hell. Like, your game. I just, uh, it was like a copied game that I got off. Uh, a mate of my dad's at work who did the uh, like dodgy uh, PS1 games and like ECW, that's wrestling. I'll have a go at that. And I was just mad into Amish Roadkill. <laughs> <laughs> he was in a tag team with Kate Cash, wasn't he? That was like that. They always seem um, to put together random tag teams, ECW as well. Danny Doring and Roadkill, wasn't it? Oh, was it Doreen? Sorry. Not yeah, 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 Sorry, yeah. It was them two. And it yeah. was just, a, again, like you said, it was just weird pairings because yeah. like Chris Chetty and Nova. Remember them two? Like, <laughs> just... like yeah, yeah. They had, yeah, they had uh, a lot of weird pa- pairings together. Definitely. There he is. I've got one of the original ECW wrestling figures, Taz. Nice. Uh, but that's, I mean, the... They were that they, they had figures at one point, so they, you know they were quite a big company. Like that's, I remember reading um, when they wound up, like they had to obviously value everything, and merch was like two dollars. That was the value of the merch that they held at the time of winding up. Jesus, Jesus, that's that's crazy. That's <laughs> and Raven managed to get uh, an action figure in just about every toy line of wrestling figures there was because he had a, an ECW figure WCW WWF slash E mm. TNA he's, he's done a lot he just needs an AEW one he's, he's completed it mate yeah <laughs> now there's a fucking grand slam for you yeah and I bet they do one for him that is uh, that's a that's an interesting question he's he's if this there is anybody who's like I've got the grand slam of like all figures from everywhere, I think uh, no, 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 actually no. I'll have to I'll have to think about that one. <laughs> That's a good question that one. But yeah, so I mean, I doing research. I just I I, I refell in love with Taz again. I've got to say the like original run for Taz where he breaks his neck and comes back as a. Uh, indestructible killing machine with and I, I had real problems with bill alfonso blowing his fucking whistle every five seconds like god damn <laughs> but i understood you know part of the gimmick in it like at the end of the day but yeah like that run that from like 95 when he comes back december 95 to just like 
him going into the WWE, basically his first match in the WWE is the best, and then it just sort of falls off a cliff from there, really. Nose dives. Um, but yeah, that Taz was just amazing. What do you, what do you guys think of Taz? One of the best, probably, probably one of the first names you think of when you think of ECW. It is for me. It's probably like Heyman and Taz for me. Yeah. Like when someone mentions ECW, it's it's Taz. He he was ECW for a lot of people, and his body of work is just outstanding. Human Suplex Machine is one of the best gimmicks, without really being a gimmick. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely, and it's been stolen and 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 tried to be you know replicated but it's it, it's never been duplicated you know it's just one of them it's i think a, a, a perfect mix of storyline and and guy to be able to pull it off as well Niall, what do you uh what do you reckon um what about taz or just yeah general? no no yeah, well yeah taz and then yeah a bit of general yeah um i think when i first got introduced to taz like he had that killer run in WWF for a bit and then kind of forgot about him for a few years. And then he pops up on commentary where he was pretty fucking good, let's be honest. Oh, no, yeah. To be, he I still is on AEW. Yeah, he still is. He's Not still so is. much like, at TNA. Botchamania have a whole yeah. segment dedicated to Taz every <laughs> week or every month whenever he puts them out. But I think like a lot of people zero in on obviously the extreme aspect of um ECW and you know the fact that they're you know this the the third wrestling promotion but I do recall reading about an actual real life beef between ECW and was it XPW Rob Black's promotion yes where there was legitimate like shoot fights between the ECW roster and um XPW because apparently Francine had been grabbed, right? Someone, yeah, in 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 the audience, like, yeah, yeah, and like Rob Black had bought up like a whole row so he could plant his wrestlers in there. And I thought, imagine seeing that on TV, like being there at the time, and then switching over and watching fucking WWF. Well, that's it. Yeah, there was. I think that's why they put it on at one o'clock in the morning because yeah. you were just like. Like you just couldn't contain yourself when you watched it. I remember I, I couldn't when I watched it back then when I was a kid. Like you know, um, this just it's madness. I'd never seen anything like this. And then you know, I got a few uh, uh, wrestling tapes from Japan, and um, that that just blows your mind even more. Some of that stuff. But yeah, um, you know, I mean, looking back on it, stuff like the Sandman, <laughs> he wasn't the best, but he was a great entrance and a bit of a, you know. Uh, he smokes what? cigarettes, Baz. Cigarettes, cigarettes. What's what's going on here? No, real I've ones. never <laughs> real ones, real ones. But I think I think the Sandman was that like it, it it was such a departure at the time from what you'd see in two, and as you said, the entrance was just brilliant. But like, there's his feud with Rhino towards in i think it was 90, late 90s early 2000s like that was some brilliant brilliant stuff like they 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 them two but it was like he'd gone to wcw and he actually got himself in shape yeah remember because like, there was a period where he was actually ripped when he came yeah. back to ecw and him and rhino had like a they, they piled rhino pile drove his um wife off the apron through a table um <laughs> wished her happy mother's day bitch and uh, you know it was just <laughs> but, 
you know, sometimes the thing with him, I thought I, I always thought was like I look back on certain stuff, certain matches with certain people with him, and he was just sloppy and awful. But you put him in there with like Cactus, you put him in there when he did like the ladder three way with Austin and um, Mikey Whipwreck. Yeah, when he wrestled Mikey Whipwreck, you know, during that period as well, and then I think it was ninety six maybe. Um, he had it in him to be better than he was, but oh, and also can't forget his matches with Sabu. You know when he like have you guys ever seen the Stairway to Hell match where he legitimately breaks Sabu's jaw with a cane shot? Yep, it's <laughs> horrible. He golf swings it, and it just like it, and Sabu just like jumps out of the ring, and the, you can just see like his jaw is just done. And uh, Fonzie gives him some sellotape, and he just wraps that up, oh, and then does another well. fifteen twenty minutes. On in a ladder match with barbed wire in it and stuff. And um, there's there is a barbed wire match where I remember him cutting his arm very deeply and he just fucking gaffer tapes his arm back together like whilst the blood's yeah. pumping out and then just carries on like there's no going on. That's, that's the one with Terry Funk, the board yes. to be wired. Which right. is my which is my first ever barbed wire match. And I remember getting that VHS uh from like a tape trader in the back of Power Slam magazine and just being disgusted like that ending is <laughs> horrible the end of that match is horrible and a, and also a botch do you guys know that it's supposed like Terry Funk was meant to win that right but because that spot where he's got top Funk on the table covered in barbed wire and then he wraps himself in barbed wire as well yeah. and jumps on him and they all get wrapped up they get tangled up don't they they can't yeah. get out they have to get white colors like, to come out yeah they're there for like five minutes like trying and every time they move one of them's getting cut and one of them's nearly <laughs> getting barbed in the eye and stuff and um, apparently Funk was supposed to like somehow from that after that move win the match, but they couldn't. <laughs> he couldn't move. He couldn't stand up. So they just kind of lifted him, carted him into the ring, and Sabu just covered him. <laughs> the worst injury I ever saw in ECW is that uh, the double uh, leg drop that uh, RVD and Sabu do, and uh, a chunk of the table comes off and goes like and just nearly takes out RVD's eye, sort of like clips his eye and, and, and takes off him. He said apparently at one point there was just something flapping in front of his eye and he was going to pull it off, but it was his eyelid. Oh. Um, so he nearly pulled his eyelid off, but uh, luckily he didn't. He thought, no, I'll just, I'll just put that to the side for a minute and carry on. Uh, but as, as Chuck is able, yeah, nearly took his eye out. So that was uh, lovely to see. Uh- <laughs> let's, let's flash forward to... Uh- Sin Cara breaking his finger and the referee having to throw the X's up. Many, many, many years <laughs> it was just, it was, it was just like televisual fucking crack cocaine. Yeah, you saw these like amazing fucking barbed wire matches and extreme matches, and you're like, I want more. <laughs> Even I now, I really can't listen to White Zombie. Uh, without thinking shit some <laughs> fucking really good wrestlers coming up in a minute I, I'm going to fucking have a good time for the next hour <laughs> I think for me anyway that's that's kind of what got me into the Japanese stuff like obviously started with the extreme Japanese shit like, you know C4 matches and stuff like that and kind of settled down to good old homely NJPW <laughs> I'm going to Google the name of this wrestler because I keep forgetting it every time. But I know he uh, he had a big feud with a guy called Mister Pogo. Um, um <clears throat> but I had a, a videotape of this guy, and basically he was being interviewed by crocodiles. Have I told this story before, Niall? No. Right. This this was a Japanese videotape I got in in like ninety eight, right? Um, 
and it was all about this one guy. Yeah, like bleach blonde hair, like a, a sort of brown brownie beard, Japanese guy, Matsuto something or other. Like, like he had a really long name. I'm going to try and find him here because I know he had a, a, a feud with Mister Pogo. But these two had like, oh, cactus match. You know, like um, desert death matches where there'd be. Um, Two cactuses in the ring at the in the, the, the ring posts, and there'd be uh, a scorpion tank in the middle of the ring, and you had to get the opponent into the scorpion tank. They had a piranha match. Uh, they had stuff like a barbed wire scaffolding matches and stuff like that, and it was all on this video. But this guy was being interviewed by uh, <laughs> by uh, crocodiles on this video. But this video got me kicked out of the. Uh, got me uh, the whole sixth form and my school suspended from the common room because i'd put it on tv <laughs> Mits, <laughs> yeah so uh I, I put it on the tv everybody started coming come over and watching this and we're all getting into it the teacher came in saw what we were watching and and sort of like stopped it confiscated it and then the next day in assembly <laughs> the teachers are all like how can you possibly do this daniel barrett uh and you're all suspended from the common room uh mitsuro Matsunaga. Yeah, I've, I've seen that Piranha match. Yes, it is fucking mad shit. It is, and, and, and there was just the video was just all that, all the, uh, the best of him basically. So a lot of light tubes, a lot of you know that, that Piranha match, uh, the death, the sand with the with the bloody fucking scorpions. It was it was a crazy tape. But get on with the light tubes, you know. Use any other weapon but the light tubes. Yeah. Fuck light tubes. I've I've never I've never enjoyed that, and I've never thought like, oh, you know, what a, what a wonderful weapon to bring into the wrestling world. Give me a, an exploding fucking C four death match over a fucking light tube. Fucking every day, every day. Yeah, <laughs> it's staples that gets me. I, oh. I cannot I cannot get on board with staples. I've got a thing about having metal in my skin, like. <laughs> And it being embedded, so like, you know that scene in the wrestler where the uh, necro butchers stapling dollar bills to uh, Mickey Rourke's head. Yes. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. No, no <laughs> not for me. So you don't like the thumbtacks either. You don't fan of the thumbtacks. No, no. thumbtacks staples. No, I'd I'd rather take a Singapore cane to the bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> And then a whack by a tennis racket on the back, just for yeah, good luck. If Corny's about, <laughs> well, Corny wouldn't stand for this mud show nonsense, would he? Even though he employed New Jack for well, yeah, career. more on him in a moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get to him. We'll get to him. Uh, but to what we talked about in there, Sabu and RVD. Um, Sabu recently commented and said uh, uh, most of his botches were planned. You know, he knew yeah, he was going to do those. Definitely, yeah. uh, it was all show. It was all part of the gimmick. You know, you know. And then some of them, you know, I'm just yeah, I could sort of see it possibly. <laughs> I actually get his reasoning because he's like, well, whenever you try something in real life, it doesn't always go to plan. So. Why shouldn't that transfer to doing springboard uh, leg drops to the outside onto a table? 
I, I, I totally agree with him a little bit now, but I don't think he was doing that back in 95, 96 <laughs> at all. I think he was just going hell for lever and sometimes slipping. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he was that nuanced somehow. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, <laughs> he's not that cerebral a performer, is he? <laughs> Sabu and his slippery saboots. <laughs> hey. hey, but what a, what a performer, though, to be fair, you know, like, what a, a, a an innovator as well at the time. Like jumping off chairs has become sort of a standard, you know, if you will. Um, but he jumping off a chair onto a top rope and then doing a move when he got it right, it fucking looked good. I mean that yes. that. That DDT against Rey Mysterio. I know it's oh. a WWE event, but holy hell! The, it's like but, no one else was look, looked like or did anything like that at the time. Like no. it was just so. Like a lot of things with ECW is. I think the, the, the one thing we'll all agree with is that it definitely innovated and influenced to the degree that like WWE changed, WCW even changed every yeah. indie after uh, it closed, wanted to be that. Um, and every wrestler now, you look at all, all the wrestlers, like Kenny Omega, you clearly can tell he was an RVD fan. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's, the, the, the inspiration from these wrestlers has been um, unbelievable. It's because they were all, uh, one thing that they got to do, which I think is brilliant, is they got their own creative almost. They worked together to create and drive their characters and how they performed in the ring and everything. They weren't just produced like it is now. Yeah. Um, and that that's something that like Sabu, RVD, Taz, you know, all those guys that were great. Um, that's what they got to do, which is what's, you know, so amazing about them. And it's a shame that Sabu isn't a millionaire because the amount of stuff that's been sort of ripped off by him and he never got opportunities. And I know he's, you know, he got in trouble and he did naughty things, yeah. but, you I mean, know, he did like, have that. He's, the, he did. He was on what the second Nitro ever, you know. So like WC, he, he got a, a go in WCW. Um, mm-hmm. But I just think uh, he saw that it wasn't right for him. I don't think it had been. I don't think either of them had been right for him at that time either. To be fair, you know, they both had to have neutered him to be on national TV, and I think he needed that sort of underground to be able to grow his legend a little bit. I think it just is a shame it never worked out at the time in WWE later on in yeah. their reworked version of ECW. It's, it's a shame he was never on Raw during the Attitude Era, really. Yeah. You know, yeah. stick stick him in the hardcore division. Like, you know. Fucking eh. Fucking it's, Yeah, yeah. Too right. He, he does strike me as someone that wouldn't really be great at taking orders, though. He, he seems oh, yeah. very very kind of uh, focused on what he wants to do and for the most part he's right in terms of connecting with an audience and that kind of thing but I don't think uh, uh, Vinnie Mac would take to him as much as uh, the fans do in that regard and as as probably as much as Heyman did as well I mean I know he had the falling outs and he, he left and did work in Japan and stuff like that and he came back and you know whatnot but I don't think he would have got the freedom to have I mean he very rarely spoke in fact he didn't speak not in ECW not in ECW at all so that just added to it you know Um, so he wouldn't have got that 
anywhere else. He'd have been made to speak and and be given a a, a, a sort of like it, I, if he'd have appeared on the Attitude Era, I have no doubt that. Um, oh God, Tiger Ali Singh would have been his manager and his mouthpiece <laughs> for him. And that's what that's the version of Sabu we'd have got. Yeah. <laughs> it, it'd have just been a knockoff Davari, wouldn't he? Exactly. Yeah. Or the uh, proto Mohammed uh, Hassan. Yeah, yeah. Sadly. Yeah. I think what a lot of people don't really give ECW credit for is the fact that they introduced America to like Pura Resu and Lucha Libre as well. Oh, yeah, defo. Yeah. I mean, what? Rey Mysterio, Psychosis. Uh, they got their like American TV debuts there. Great Sasuke, Sasuke. What a, what a fucking wrestler he is, by the way. You know, um, Masato Tanaka. Yeah, you know, um, Yoshihiro uh, Tajiri. Tajiri, yeah, I was just yeah. gonna say Tajiri. Um, fucking super crazy. We were talking about him before we started. What a man, super crazy. Come on, um, but yeah, Edward Guerrero. Yeah, yep. Mr. Eddie Guerrero. Or yeah. Teddy G. <laughs> it was um it was um Tanaka that was responsible for one of my favourite matches in ECW against um was it Mike Orson at Heatwave yes. 98? Yeah, yeah, I think I think all any time those two had a match, it was it was Mike Orson. <laughs> <laughs> that match is my favourite match of all time. That is number but- one. The heatwave one. I told yeah. you. I told you in the chat. I knew <laughs> it. Is just incredible, start to finish. I mean, some of the chair shots are a bit difficult to watch, but God, is that a great match? It's just incredible. If you've never seen it, it's on YouTube. Get it down here. It Get is. it down here. It is oh. fantastic. I mean, there's a part of me that prefers the first. ECWWF pay-per-view one night stand thing match. Um just because of the production of it all, you know, and you can you can see it a bit clearer, that kind of thing. But yeah, the heatwave match just has that intensity of this is the first time you've ever sort of seen this sort of like intensity in a in a wrestling match before like this. It was it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy that much. I wonder how many people went straight to like NJPW after ECW because of these wrestlers that they brought in. Yeah. Uh, well, well I I think the I think sort of tape trading and interest in Japan spiked probably from it a lot. And um because yeah. You know, it wasn't just New Japan they were bringing in, was it, as well? It was, like, uh, war and romance, war. And they did a thing with FMW. Yep. FMW. Yeah, FMW. That was a big one. Because that's, yeah. that's where Masato Tanaka came from. Um, and, oh, what was the other guy called? Hang on. I'll, go for, I'll find out while, like, while I think. But, like, yeah, they, they definitely brought in so many top talent from, like, all around the world and exposed... Dirty Americans to Kai and Ty were in uh, ECW for a bit as well, weren't they? Before they went to oh, breaks my heart what WWF did to Finavi though. Well, that and Dick, t- t- <laughs> I can never say it properly. He used to be Dick Togo, but ever since I've heard the Br- uh, Bruce Pritchard, <laughs> Dick podcast, to go, it's Dick to go now. Uh, 
It was called no. Kanemura. Kanemura. And he had like a couple of matches with Balls Mahoney and stuff in, in on pay-per-views and that. Right. And he was, again, like just brutal, chair shot, horrifying. <laughs> just oh, gross, gross stuff. But as a 17, 18-year-old teenager, bloody lovely. Oh, yeah. Bloody marvellous. Yeah, but I, I definitely that sort of like pure wrestling intensity stuff has uh, like bled through to uh Ring of Honor. Definitely who was the who was the um I can never remember the guy's name. The big Japanese lad with the sort of blonde hair who'd fought uh, who fought Danielson a lot in Ring of Honor. I just it was like a built like an ox. He was fucking huge guy. And he, I, I, I just remember him and Danielson having like title fights in uh, uh, Ring of Honor. That was like the only sort of thing I ever saw from Ring of Honor, really. Um, but yeah. Morishima. Morishima. Yeah. What an ox of a man. <laughs> I'm looking at a thumbnail of him now. Jesus. <laughs> He's not yeah. someone you want to meet in a fucking well lit alley, is he? No, not <laughs> at all. Uh, Morishima, yeah. He, he makes uh, Ishii look like uh, cruiserweight. <laughs> <laughs> Morishima. Let's have a look at this big boy. Oh, yeah, look at that. Look at that face. <laughs> oh, he looks like, like Pat Butcher. You're like, like a woman from uh, Last of the Summer Wine. But like one that they keep away from the camera because she gets beat up by her husband. He's a big lad, a big man. He's got oh, a big thumbnail know. for this episode, Baz. Yeah, I'll yeah, I'll I'll, I'll put a picture of him. <laughs> I'll change the logo to his face for this month. <laughs> it's Morishima month. Uh, but yeah. Sorry, so about DC, do we? I was going to say, uh, bro, I've, I've got a few more sort of things circled, but um, Raven's Nest, uh, which led us to having the Dudley Boys, which led to the greatest tag team of all time, in my opinion, the Dudley Boys themselves. Um, just what, what a fucking, what a little stable slash tag team they were, by the way. You know, uh, what, what What are your guys' thoughts on the Dudleys, ECW Dudleys, anyway? They were legit. They <laughs> legit. They, like, that whole thing, the Raven's Nest and the Dudley Boys, that was their version of the power plant, almost. The amount of talent that came through that. Hell yeah. Yeah, you got the BWO from Raven's Nest. <laughs> I, think, I, I think one thing we all need to remember about the Dudleys is that Luke, Luke and Butch were Dudleys one night. So there was a lot of Dudleys. Um, <laughs> Big Daddy Dudley uh, got uh, worked his way around uh, the North uh, American continent. So uh, he you had know. Um, dances with Dudley. Yeah, Snot Dudley, little Sign Spike Dudley. guy Dudley. Yeah, Sign Sign guy Dudley. Dudley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, Devon and Big Dick. Yeah, um, there's a, there's Spike. a couple more. Little Spike Dudley, yeah, LSD. <laughs> Subtle as a break there as ever, Heyman. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> with, with his uh, acid drop finisher. <laughs> I mean, 
peek uh, on the nose Paul Heyman jokes is, I don't know if you guys have seen this, I think it's uh, November to Remember 99, and Simon Diamond's uh, manager is called uh, Dick Hurts. <laughs> and uh, he would, uh, Simon Diamond comes out and goes, look at my dick, my dick is huge, my dick is vascular. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just pure... You know, that's, that comes from the man who quotes the swinging schlong of extreme. That's that's that guy, <laughs> isn't it? I've just had a look at the uh, members of Raven's Nest. So it's quite the fucking Hall of Fame. Stevie Richards, Tony Stetson, Johnny Hotbody, Pitbulls, Blue Meanie, Dudley Brothers, Cactus Jack, Beulah McGillicuddy, Francine, Kimona Wanaya, Lupus, Laurie, Tyler Fullington, and Chastity. I mean... <laughs> They really rode the, the sort of grunge wave then as well, didn't they? Oh, well, I mean, this is it was the most punk rock uh, wrestling promotion at the time that, that I think rode the wave of that punk rock, you know, new wave uh, of like alternative music coming out in America at the time. All the music was like, you know, White Zombie, Pantera was uh, RVD's theme music, Sandman from, from Metallica, you know. Um, Stevie Richards, though, man, he never got the respect he deserved. <laughs> I love Stevie. I still love Stevie Richards. Isn't he a trainer with uh, DDP's yoga? Yeah. Now? Yeah. 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 I'd love to do I'd love to do a bit of that with Stevie Yoga with Stevie Richards. That's that's crazy. <laughs> but but uh, like yeah, the BWO, big Stevie Richards, <laughs> like that. All their parody stuff, them doing Kiss and because uh, it all started off from, uh, I think them doing Kiss was the first one, wasn't it? And then they started to parody more people, and they ended up with the BWO, and that just stuck. And uh, yeah, I mean, all the way up to right to censor. <laughs> when he went to um, W. Uh, he was in the flock with uh, the likes of fucking Hammer. Or Van Hammer, I think. Yeah, Van Hammer. Yeah, yeah. there was uh, Van Hammer. Reese, who was, uh, who'd, would, uh, had been the, uh, the Yeti. <laughs> uh, and, he was, and Super Ninja or something. It, well, but... that's it. So after the Yeti debuted, a week later, yeah. they turned him into this, Ninja, they said underneath the bandages was this super ninja, and now he's out ready to fight. So, he was, and that was Reese, yeah, sick boy. Uh, sick boy, <laughs> sick boy. You had, uh, Rig- uh, Scotty Riggs. Riggs, Scotty Riggs is in there with his patch, yeah, a former yeah. American male, Scotty Riggs, with Loki as well, Loki, yeah. uh, heroin addict, um, Billy uh, Kidman, Billy Kidman, yeah, his he had a. <laughs> He had a uh, on the nose name as well. Seven Year Rich was his finisher. Yeah, because he yeah he had a, he kept ditching himself because he was heroin kid. Um, and, and one of the most I know we're talking WCW here, but one of the most brutal like I thought brutal angles was when uh, they broke Perry Saturn's fingers. God, no wonder he is how he is. <laughs> <laughs> he's always one that gets forgotten about. Forgotten about, I think, with ECW as well. Perry Saturn. Yeah. And the Eliminators and the... Uh, what a move that was. Fucking well. Like, at the time as well, like, you'd never seen anything like that. And it took people out that thing. It properly destroyed them. 
I what I, one thing I loved about ECW a lot is they made smaller wrestlers into like legit competitors. Like so, like you had uh, Whipwreck, yeah, who came out to loser by Beck. <laughs> And accidentally won matches and Cactus had to drag him out, kicking and screaming and stuff. And that was really cool. And then like what they did, the giant killer thing with little Spike where he beat people like Mabel and Bam Bam Bigelow and, and you know, any big guy, PN News, I think he beat once. You know, just any big guy who was unemployed. <laughs> they, got, they, got, they got a spot on ECW. And what you're doing is you're losing to little Spike Dudley, um, who could take a ridiculous amount of punishment. We'll go Quickly go back to Mike Awesome. Have you seen the Mike Awesome Spike Dudley match? Yes, yeah. yes, I have. I have. I've yes. got that on DVD. Disgusting. Um, the 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 heavyweight championship of uh, Gilly is charged. Two thousand. Two thousand. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy hell! Yes, I have seen that match. Um, as I, what I liked about Spike was the the sort of crowd. Once Bam Bam had done that, the 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 crowd surfing stuff. He, oh, yeah. That was that. That was every match. That was it. Then, right, Spike. This is this is a new move <laughs> for you. You're gonna crowd surf every time. Yeah, but it was uh, the first few times you saw that. That was just amazing. Like, and you know, it was part like you wanted to be there at the arena with, but you never. It's never gonna happen, sort of thing. Like, but yeah, it was a uh, amazing spectacle, if you will. Little <laughs> <laughs> Spike, but I had the. Uh, New Jack and Sandman music, just music, like especially with New Jack. Um, them playing his track uh, all the way through his match was yeah, just a song. yeah, just a genius thing to do. Like you know, it just gets everybody pumping for the entire time. And uh, and then he's going to end it by throwing himself off part of the building, or trying to murder somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's address that elephant in the room. Actually, <laughs> yeah. the, the the two justifiable homicides on his rap sheet. I mean, <laughs> or the, we're all wrestling fans. We all dream of getting in the ring <laughs> in a safe, controlled environment. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just, I. Like obviously, it's it's really sad what happened to Mass Transit later in his life. But fucking come on, come on! You watch it on TV. You know what goes down. There is not an ounce of that that doesn't fucking hurt. Yeah, in any way, shape, or form. As your first match, you want Bobby Eaton, don't you? you yes, match, yeah. Ideally, would be a fucking dark match. <laughs> uh, yeah, but if you've got to have a TV, Bobby Eaton. Yeah, you'd say uh, I mean, you'd, you'd love that. That'd be a perfect. Or, or yeah. yeah, someone like Aaron Anderson. He's gonna take care of you. Yeah. He's gonna look after you. Yeah, yeah. Put your new jack. Don't worry, you'll be fine. I mean, he became more famous than he probably uh, ever uh, would have been being an indie wrestler. Well, he'd probably still be alive. There is no. <laughs> oh, no. I was trying to be like hired then, Al. We're all safe because New Jack is sadly no longer with us. So we're all safe at the moment. That uh, Dark Side of the Ring episode was fuck. I watched that with my mouth open the whole fucking way. <laughs> like, how are you not doing this interview from a fucking prison cell deep underground next to Hannibal Lecter? I always go back to um, psychopath. Beyond the Mat 
oh. on the mat and uh, the classic. Uh, I think he's not Denzel, but he could be Denzel's friend. <laughs> I would love. I would pay money still to see a movie where Denzel was mates with New Jack. I don't <laughs> care what the rest of the plot of the script is. I just want Denzel Washington to be friends with New Jack and they spend time together in this film somehow. <laughs> The thing with New Jack is, as much as he's done absolutely horrible things, I still like New Jack. There's yeah. something about him that's just compelling to watch. It's his aura, I think. Yeah. yeah. Even to this day, though, he's different. You know, there's no one like, there's no no one. I mean, you could possibly say Nick Gage is the new New Jack, possibly. Yeah. But even still, it seems a bit derivative now to be like, you know why? Why is there someone still wrestling in twenty twenty three like New Jack? Um, but you can still watch him now, and I still get excited. You know when when you hear Natural Born Killers style like on a, an old tape of ECW. <laughs> That's the thing, though that that song is like if you listen to the words on it, it's horrible. Oh, like yeah. it is, it, it, but because it's Dre and Ice Cube, and they're so incredibly charismatic, you you. You get in on it, and I think that's kind of the similar vibe with New Jack. Is that like it's, it's like anyone who's got it? Yeah, you 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 kind of like Eminem's the same. Like you know, he's just controversial for controversial sake, but because he's so good, he gets away with it. And yeah. you know, he's bit of, he's got a bit of a joke with it as well. I, you know, yeah. I, I, New Jack, New Jack for me, um, it got it did get kind of old very quick. You could sort of start predicting when New Jack was going to come out if you watched ECW regularly, like I did. Yeah, um, it was kind of a one-trick pony. After I'd seen him hit a dude in the balls with like a vacuum cleaner or something, like I, I you know, I've I've seen I've yeah. seen the New Jack act Show. act. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the when I think of New Jack, I think of Vic Grimes, and I think of that horrible yes. fall. Where Vic Grimes apparently decided he didn't want to take the he didn't want to fall off the scaffold, so he held back. New Jack just dragged him off, and they missed the table. And Vic Grimes, who for anyone listening who doesn't know Vic Grimes, is a very, 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 very fat man, and lands square on New Jack's skull after New Jack falls about fifteen feet off the scaffold onto a hard concrete floor. Yeah, I, I think doesn't he break his skull and and part of his brain started to come out of his nose or something else. And he lost vision in one of his eyes and he couldn't hear properly for years and all sorts. Uh, but that, I remember seeing that on the, on the video that I got from HMV thinking they're dead. Like, I thought he died. Cause that is, Oh, the splat. And then the follow through just, Oh, gross. Surprisingly, that's not on uh, WWE produced ECW, the most extreme matches. I don't know why. But uh, the, uh, New, not, New, not Jack, even the rematch. New Jack doesn't appear on this disc, uh, these two disc sets once. How odd. How odd. <laughs> the rematch, Rick, wasn't that in um, XPW where he tried to kill him? Yeah, and throw, throw him like, off the scaffold, through tables, and he, he actually tried to murder him, essentially. Yeah, he hit him with a stun gun beforehand, like one of them cattle prod things, so that he couldn't stop him. And then he tried to launch him over the ring, like instead of into the ring, onto the tables, wasn't it? Yeah. I'll never forget New Jack versus the, that hobo. Um, Gypsy Joe. Gypsy Joe, yeah. that was it. 
When I, I think that was one of the first YouTube videos I ever watched. Just stabbing an eight-year-old man in front of ten-year-olds, man. Okay. Jesus. Oh, that Having was, said that, though, New yeah. Jack had one nemesis, one person he was legitimately scared of. Go on. Terry Runnels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I, you know, if I wasn't married, I'd I'd, I'd be scared of Terry Reynolds <laughs> for money. <laughs> I was just looking through the list of this uh, DVD set. Actually, to be fair, is is it, some of it's quite good. Some of it's uh, predictable WWE. Let's try and uh, you know tone it down a little bit. But there, there is some good stuff on here. To be fair, yeah, yeah. Uh, but. Paz versus Shane Douglas. Dear me. Um, who else have I got written down? Oh, 911 and Mikey Whitrep. We we spoke about Mikey Whitrep, but 911, uh, I think, um, as Heyman's bodyguard was very unique. And, and I think he got stolen by the, or the gimmick of 911, you know, the, the gimmick of a wrestler coming out, hitting one move, winning. Of, you know, just like everyone did be destroyed off that choke slam sort of thing was like at the time, 911 was amazing, but like later on, it became apparently it was just, just that one move. <laughs> That's all he could do. He was uh, ridiculous, wasn't it? Like six, seven or something like that. He was huge. Oh, he made, he made, you know, he looked fucking huge at the time. And like when he picked people up and get them right up there, it was, uh, you know, really impressive. And also the FBI. I want to mention the FBI. <laughs> what a fucking like little stable they were. Like, like when they first started, obviously there's like two. Um, uh, there was a, uh, I can't remember the fucking name. I'm gonna have to look up the names of the guys who started the FBI because it wasn't like little Guido, was it? And all those guys. It was Tracy Smothers and Tommy Rich. Was it right? Yeah, and then, because... and then Guido came along with Big Sally Graziano. Yeah. And then eventually, I think it was, what was he called? Tony Marmaluke. Tony Marmaluke. Yeah. So I'm looking at the members here now. So yeah, Big Guido, Chuck Palumbo. <laughs> Very subtle, that stable, weren't they? I mean, you really had to dig deep <laughs> to find out, you know. Uh, but I mean, because they, they went over to, uh, they, they it sort of went through like three brands didn't it because it was in um it's been in a couple they were in ecw they were in wcw for a bit weren't they the full-blooded italians i'm sure they were and they were in wwe definitely and then they went to tna they were in tna for a bit when uh tna tried to bring it back like uh, my boy uh one man gang i think he was a full-blooded italian at one point <laughs> <laughs> there was there was a couple of like you know obviously tracy's mother's it isn't an an uh, uh, Italian in the in the slightest. Fucking Mabel was in there as well. I mean, what? <laughs> but I mean, I think that was part of the gimmick, <laughs> wasn't it? Really, that uh, uh, who started again? Um, Smothers and uh, Rich, Tommy Rich, Tommy Rich, Wildfire, Tommy Rich. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think that was the, the gimmick at the start because didn't he st he didn't he um, mess up a move? He fell off uh, a, a table during a match, and everyone started to laugh at him. But he played it off that he got concussion, and that he was actually 
and Italian wrestler now and, and stuff like that. And that's how they sort of started it with the um, Smothers. But yeah. <laughs> the, the WWE version was Guido as Nuncio and it was, was it Johnny the Bull, Stamboli and Chuck Palumbo? Yes. Yeah. 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 And uh, Vito was part of it, was he? And then he then then he, he kicked him out of the group and that's when he started wearing a dress. Yeah, Vito and Stamboli and Tony Marmaluke were the three people. I think you're thinking of the FBI and WCW. It was them three as something else, like the Marmalukes, yes. I think they were called or something. Yeah, they were. They were. The, yeah, it was a ripoff of FBI. FBI in WCW, yeah. basically. They didn't have Nunzio though with him. No. Yeah. No. You're right. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's. That's what it was. Definitely. When, you, when you're talking about all these guys and gimmicks and stuff, like it's the genius of Paul Heyman in my head. In that. He, there was a I, one of the documentaries, uh, said that Paul was great at uh, accentuating positives, hiding negatives. Mm. So don't do things you can't do, just focus entirely on the things you can, just do that all the time. Hence, 911 not being bad, like the choke slam and that thing, like where, where like they banned the choke slam at one point, yeah. And then, um, primetime Brian Lee, I think, choke slams, uh, Tommy Dreamer and Bill Alfonso, who at the time was like because he was the head referee, he could make rules and ban stuff, apparently. Right. And uh, he goes, Chokeslam's banned, and then Brian Lee does it, and then um, he goes, for one night only, the Chokeslam is no longer banned. Out comes now one, the entire ECW reader just goes, mental. And it's it's things like that that Heyman was a genius at. Yeah. You know, because he made balls and axle like... A, a good tag team like because he figured out what they were those two were good at and like you look at them on the, like, he, bloody balls Mahoney was Santa Claus where he was in WWE <laughs> yeah. like not not the greatest but they well, made it work by accentuating positives hiding negatives and it was a really smart funneled approach not be not asking them to do things they can't do which let's face it the big two have been guilty of doing for centuries. Oh yeah, but I don't think he got everything right. I mean, oh, no, no. Axel Rotten and Ian Rotten in the Taipei death match, um, the the taped fist thing. Yeah, it's not the greatest match of all time, really. And you know, um, you know, uh, but there, there was things that, yeah, I think he was lucky as well to have the people around him like Raven, people like Raven. You know, who had a good mind to go. Well, why don't we put this group together? Make them like this Hanson boys from this Slapshot movie with Paul Newman in. Give them a bit of a stupid, funny gimmick. It's making us laugh in the back. Why don't they do it on TV? It could make people laugh. And then all of a sudden, you get the Dudley boys from that. Um, yeah. You know, and 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 the the sort of berating of little Stevie Richards and stuff. You know, building that character to the point where people. His feud with Tommy Dreamer was just amazing, and it went off in so many different ways. And I'm sure he had a big hand in that. Uh, but I'm sure Heyman helped out along the way. But I think Cactus Jack working with him as well, you know, and obviously the mind Heyman has, you know, but I think he had a lot of help from a lot of people. Um, and and oh, yeah, so you've got people like Foley and um, Terry Funk around you. Yeah. It's, you're gonna listen, yeah. Strap a rocket to it. Hell yeah, you're gonna listen, and uh, you know, I, I think smart move having Terry Funk around. I, I listened to him recent. Uh, I remember, sorry, him at the time 
when when Hogan there was talks of Hogan coming into TNA, I remember someone asking him what would he do with TNA, and he said that he'd bring in one legend, and uh, and and uh, like try and build up a move like say the, uh, I think he used the full Nelson, and he said he'd get the full Nelson back over and wrestling and and have that sort of legend there in the corner, sort of like a sting, if you will. And like, everyone's got to get past the legend before they get to the uh, main event belt and, uh, and, and, you know, build up the promotion around you've got the legend and then you've got the champion and, you know, you've got the levels to get to and the champions using a um, full Nelson. And any, any time he gets the full Nelson on someone, that's it. That's like the end of it. So, and it's sort of a bit like what Kenny Omega's done a bit in EC at AEW uh, with his one winged angel. No one's no one's kicked out of that yet, have they? Not in AEW, no. No, 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 no. So it, it, it's those little sort of things like that, you know. Yeah, but it's it's the look, it's the vibe, it's the feel. But I got I got a remiss on something. I know this is probably going to be a controversial statement, but sure. Joey Styles is trash. Uh, yeah, um, it's hard. It is hard to listen to Joey Styles on his own. Yep. A commentary is not is not as great as it once was remembered. <laughs> I, I I always used to think that Styles was the one of the best. I yeah. loved him, when, but like watching, going back and watching it, I, I find him really irritating now. Mm. He, he he talks over people's promos a lot, and and all he's doing really is repeating like, like like the Shane Douglas one, the famous, and they could all kiss my ass. He talks over that a lot of yeah. that, and uh, he did that quite a lot. To be fair, and I, I don't know why. And yeah, um, I'll always remember him having to go with Jerry Lawler on Raw more than uh, his ECW <laughs> for stuff. To be quite fair, but. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and then and telling Mike Austin he could just go away and die, and then a couple of weeks later, Mike Austin dying through suicide. Yeah, but he he's he just seemed to have like these things that he wanted to say, and he would shoehorn them the hell in, regardless of what was going on. Yeah, um, I just I don't know. I I I find it I found it annoying, um, watching it back and thinking I don't remember I don't remember it being like this. But every oh my god, every um, cat fight, everything like that, just oh, it just grated on me. And I was just like, I remember it being brilliant when I was a kid. <laughs> well, I mean, what we're talking like what 30, 30, 40, uh, years, 30, 30 years ago now. So you know, tastes have changed, haven't they? Over, over those times and whatnot. But yeah, it's uh, craziness, really. Yeah, still responsible for one of the greatest moments in wrestling history, though. Which one? One Knocking punch out. from Layfield. <laughs> Knocking out JBL, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I'll, I'll take it all back. I'll take it all back. Seeing, uh, as, seeing as you've said a controversial thing there, John, I'm going to say one now, right? Um, I think... I'll, I'll, I'll set up properly when I say this. Both. The, I think the Kane-Dewey promo is a work. And I think a lot of the fan stuff in ECW is a bit of a work as well. I think um, Heyman and Foley came up with it themselves backstage and went over to the fan and was like, here's a sign that says Kane Dewey, when I'm wrestling, hold this up. 
I don't think that a guy came to a show and was like, you should cane an eight-year-old boy or a five-year-old boy, whatever he was at the time. Um, yeah. And I think uh, the, a lot of the signs that, that those the fans held up, you know, especially the guy at the front, were sort of like given to them by Heyman and, and backstage crew and people like that. And uh, yeah, those, uh, those fans, although at the time were great, Looking back on it now, they annoy the shit out of me. The guy with the hat, the <laughs> sign guy, the guy, Faith No More, dude. Um, <laughs> they they just annoy me now. And I'm like, I'm watching them more than I'm watching the wrestling. Uh, yes. <laughs> you annoyingly see them at WWF shows as well. Like, uh, if, if WWF's yeah. in Philadelphia, they're there. Yeah, they're there. And, and you're you, like... You can't unspot them. It's like that no. guy who goes dressed as Hogan. To yeah. the WCW stuff, he's he's in early, he's in a couple of WWF stuff, but then he's in like everything WCW did, and uh, once you notice him, you can't notice him. Yep. Yeah. Is <laughs> and and the prick in the fucking illuminous green T-shirt in WWE was front row for every pay per view. Oh yeah, I remember that uh, Brock Lesnar guy. No, no, it's like uh like an older guy, and he just wears like an illuminous green t-shirt with like a smiley face on it every time i do love goth guy though that goes there with his mum. oh yeah he's a good lad yeah so i remember the dude with the hat uh and the red t-shirt and he'd like wear a shirt and a red t-shirt and a, and a baseball cap backwards and i'd always uh, like be shouting at people like front row but that was like 2004 five around then times but yeah brought lesnar guy yeah he's made a living off like just celebrating Brock Lesnar coming out, really. That's all. <laughs> what was that? Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, King Dewey was a work. Yeah, I, that's what I, I think. Yeah. That's my yeah. controversial statement. No, it's, it's true. There was a sign in the front of the audience one night that said, King Dewey, this was mm-hmm. done with Foley's permission, which when he didn't know what this meant, but later understood, a reference to using a Singapore cane on Foley's real-life eldest son, who was three years old then. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. Like, you know, everything in wrestling is a work. Well, it's just how the WWE presented it to you like 20 years later on a DVD. That, that That's how you remember things. <laughs> it's mad, though, isn't it, that somebody like Mick Foley, I wouldn't, and this is my controversial opinion, I wouldn't put in the top five of ECW. Oh. Would you know? No. So, what top five wrestlers from that promotion or, or yeah, performers from that promotion? Like the ones that really stood out, stood out, built ECW. Yeah, I wouldn't put Foley as a cornerstone of that. Oh, yeah, I think you're right there. To be fair, I think you're right. I mean, I think he was a a, a good, um, a good a, a good chunk of his like. Character building was done there, definitely. And and I think he got to sort of like test the limits of what he could do with a crowd, um, and, you know, take them one way and take them the other way sort of thing, be a heel, be a face, and he could just easily be a heel, be a face, uh, 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 and, uh, and whatnot. Um, it would go on to influence the big show more than 20 years later. <laughs> <laughs> exactly 
Um, right, right. Well, I'm well, controversial pick. Sorry. Go on, mate. Yeah, so go. Yeah, go on. Uh, it's it's not very long, but uh, I think Sandman was the proto Stone Cold Steve Austin. Definitely. Yeah, he had the 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 beer, the smoking, the attitude, and the 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 entrance and whatnot. I think they stole a lot from him. Definitely, definitely. The badass everyman sticking it to to the man. Yeah, Sandman uh, is Stone Cold, but without the good wrestling. No, for years I thought Sandman was British. Seriously, why? Just because of the fags and the beer, I was like, oh. <laughs> Americans don't smoke cigarettes at wrestling matches. What are you about? They don't drink from cans like this, do they? Bloody He's hell. from Runcorn, that lad. He must be. <laughs> <laughs> right. On that note, we shall uh, we shall draw a close to this uh, tonight's proceedings. Thank you guys very much for for joining this month, Niall. What are we going to do next time? Well, Danny, we're going to go deep into the depths and talk about wrestler deaths. Wrestler deaths. And we're not going to have a, a too good, too bad one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about some people who were taken away too early from us and uh, some other controversial ones. I'll brush I... up on my bruiser Brody. I also think we should do a part two of this with us four again, because I think there's a lot of ground that we haven't managed to oh, definitely, yeah. take away. So Definitely. And uh, yeah, we should definitely do a, part an ECW point. part two. Definitely. So two right, two right. Where we uh, dive, delve, uh, dive deeper into Rhino. <laughs> CCW champion. Sentence I never thought I'd hear today. Exactly, yeah. So, right. <laughs> Music-wise, I think we'll we'll end with a bit of a uh, white zombie, just because we were talking about them earlier. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, thank you very much, guys. Thank, thank you. you very much, and uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, until next time, see you later, folks. Mm-hmm.